America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. What matters to me? Well, uh, last weekend we had at least 32 millionaires that were that were blessed by the National Football League um, by way of first round draft picks. So uh, and and many in the second and and the third too will be uh, instant millionaires. So I'm extremely happy for those young men. They have worked their entire life. They've sacrificed their entire life. Uh, to make a dream come true. And that's one thing about the National Football League Draft Day is, as the group used to say back in the day, say my name, say my name. When they say your name, you've made it. They call your name, you have made it. As soon as they call your name, you are officially a member of that NFL team. And until you are released, if you ever are, and you will be one day, because it's not for long. Uh, your dream has come true. What you worked hard and and you strived for, uh, it happened. When they call your name, you are a member of the National Football League, and some of those young men have become instant millionaires. So I kind of want to kind of wrap things up about the draft uh, on this show. And uh, I think I may have been out for a show or two here in the past couple of weeks, but my man Willie Gibson has been holding it down. Willie, how you doing there, man? I'm good, right? How about you? Well, I'm good, man. I um, appreciate you calling in. And, and as I was saying, I kind of want to wrap things up as it relates to the draft. And and I was just thinking, Willie, you know, and I said, I, let me let me throw this out there with Willie, see what he says. Mm-hmm. You know, it. You know, hindsight is always twenty twenty, And and like everything else, sometimes there's always two ways to look at things, different opinions. And I'm just wondering from your perspective, do you think there are some people out there that even at this point in time, of of the season because it is it is regardless of what season it is it's still a part of the season it's it's the off season uh, but after the draft just being last week do you think of some NFL teams out there thinking that wow man we could have done some things different could have done something different uh, sure absolutely I mean who, who comes who comes to, who who comes to mind for you right away uh, who comes to mind right away. Definitely is the New England Patriots, and I'll tell you why. I heard a story uh, earlier today where uh, Baker Mayfield, who went to number one, who went number one overall to Cleveland, had he been there on the board at number two, there's a there's a reports that Bill Belichick was preparing to make a deal with the Giants to move up to number two to take Baker Mayfield. And that report, which I heard too on one of the big boy shows, I think that was that was made by his agent. So we could assume that yes. that's just not hearsay. Uh, that's a legitimate, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, comment that was made and, and consideration of Bill Belichick. Which, uh, from my perspective, uh, because I respect Coach Belichick, uh, it makes me look at Baker Mayfield maybe a little bit different, maybe a little right. bit different. But in the situation of which he's at. And in Cleveland, I will stick to the plan of which I thought should the way things should have played out is that they still could have got him at four. But I guess if they didn't get him at four, there's a chance that he wouldn't have been around at two because Belichick wanted him. He might have taken him, but that still would have left a couple other quarterbacks that were still available. I'm just not happy with the fact that we did not get Barkley in Cleveland. But uh, so that's that's just two scenarios there. Um, 
that, I, and again, I don't know if you have an opinion about the, the Cleveland situation or not, so let me let you speak to, you know, maybe some other scenarios around the league where perhaps maybe somebody, you know, woke up, you know, as a Monday morning quarterback and thinking, man, you know, we should have did something a little bit different. Any other teams out there besides the Patriots? Um, well, well, here's the thing. You know this, right? As far as draft day, it's always we got the guy we wanted. That's who we targeted. We It's never of, man, I hate that we had to take that guy at number three. It's always, you know, half glass full, optimistic uh, shoe is always put forth first. But you you look at some things and, and a couple teams that the the uh, Washington Redskins, they took an Alabama defensive lineman uh, for the second year in a row. Last year they took uh, Jonathan Allen. Some uh, say he fell in the draft. Then in the second round they took uh, Darius Geis. So I, I bring him up. So not necessarily a team who wishes the draft could have gone differently, but Darius Geis was the number 59 overall pick in the second round, where all reports had him going early to mid-first round. And some reports came out. We heard it last year with uh, uh, Tunsil from uh, Miami right before the draft. Someone uh, published a photo of him uh, smoking a bong with some marijuana, uh, wearing a gas mask. Uh, He fell from a top overall pick to number 13, I believe, to Miami. You had Leo Collins, offensive tackle from LSU, uh, wasn't charged, was never implicated, but his name was brought up in a a murder case two days before the draft. He went undrafted, and he had a first-round grade on him. So Darius Geis uh, went second round to to the Red, to uh, Washington. Uh, Stories came out about him two days before the draft, about him. Uh, He actually uh, gave an interview where he said that uh, a, a coach asked him in an interview, do you like men? And, you know, so it's well documented that NFL does not allow that type of questioning in any, you know, it's a job interview. That's, you know, federal law does not allow you to ask those type of questions. Well, the NFL investigated and found out that there was no truth to that claim that Darius Geis made, that no coach actually asked him, did he like men? So that caused him to fall to the late second round. So quite sure I'm not, that's not the draft experience that he envisioned uh, going into the process. So, um, Yeah, I'm sure. You know, I'm, so, I'm, I'm going to say that there's no doubt from a player perspective, there are many different scenarios that played out that were different than what was expected or anticipated or hoped for from a player perspective. That always happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, right. I, I myself can remember sitting there, you know, hoping and praying and wishing uh, that things would be different than they were. But when it's all said and done, just as 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 the group says, say my name, say my name, just say my name, please just say my name. <laughs> That's all I want you to do. You know, right. so uh, so you're right from from player perspective. And of course, this year, you know, the, the quarterback out of uh, where's the quarterback out of that that. Uh, that we heard the you know the racial sensitive comments he made for out of Wyoming. Yeah, exactly. Josh you know Allen. that uh, I think he ended up uh, here, right? Uh, in Arizona. He's in, no, he's in Buffalo. No, he's, he's in, in Buffalo, Buffalo. Right, Buffalo. right. The other kid, yeah, yeah UCLA, the U- UCLA quarterbacks here in uh, in Arizona. Arizona. And uh, again, some of the comments that you know even that, that he made, you know, led you to believe that he felt that he was uh, certainly worthy of a higher you know draft pick than what he ended up going, but. 
it's truly a blessing. You know, sometimes guys don't realize that, man, regardless of, and I, it, 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 the only thing it does is messes with your money. Other than that, right. it, it's, it's no different. You are what you are. You're still a rookie, and you have to go in, and you're going to have to compete with somebody because every one of these guys who was just drafted, they need to know that there were, last year on the roster, there were already, I think, uh, what, 45, 55 men on the, on the team already. So every position was filled. So, you know, you've still got to go out and do the best you can to, to make the team. There, there's some guys who, you know, first, they call them first-round bust. You know, that, right. that can happen. It, it won't necessarily happen. I doubt there's going to be a kid drafted in the first round this year or any year that will be released from the team in that first year of, of training no. camp. But that second or third year, certainly, you know, it could happen, you know. So, sure. so be careful, but at the same time, be, be, just be grateful that you're on that team because there are many people who, who didn't get that chance. And, and speaking of uh, grateful and, you know, and, and some great stories, um, of course, the two twin brothers getting the chance to be reunited up there in Seattle is it, it, just amazing, you know. It, it, you know, I mean, when you think about a Hollywood script, you, you couldn't come up with a better script, you know, than, than them to be united. And, and of course, then one who is physically would be described as somewhat handicapped, but there is no, when it comes to him playing football, he is not handicapped in any form or fashion, doesn't even consider the fact that he doesn't have a fully developed hand, when I believe it's his uh, right hand, uh, but certainly has a chance uh, to get up in Seattle and reunite with his brother and uh, get a chance to make some plays. I, I thought that was Absolutely. a good feel-good story. What would you think about that? Absolutely. Uh, King Griffin um, is the, the linebacker from, from Central Florida. Shaq. Um, Shaq, yeah. exactly. I mean, phenomenal story. I mean, his brother, I mean, you know, the kind of loud, outlined that he had his hand amputated at four years old, uh, had the disorder uh, with the nerves in the hand. So, but his brother has a powerful story as well. He's in Seattle and I left school early, uh, went to uh, Seattle in the fifth round last year. And then this year in the fifth round, they take his twin brother. But uh, he had uh, a great many offers. Uh, uh, top defensive back in the country, actually my, the U, Miami wanted him. But he would not go to school if the school did not take his brother. They actually offered. So he, they, they offered. He, yeah. turned, he turned him down. Exactly. Miami offered him. But he would not go because they would not offer his brother. And that's the ultimate, I'm my Sacrifice. brother's keeper. Oh, and yeah. now that continues in the NFL where they're both now in Seattle. But uh, awesome, awesome, awesome story. Uh, a testament to uh, just, you know, putting your mind to something and not taking no for an answer, never giving up. No matter what the circumstances look like, just continuing to stand. Yes. And, and allow that uh, allow that process to work out. I mean, you can't be anything but but happy for that young man and his family yeah we got a new shack and this shack is in football but i, I will say this it, it's, it's a feel-good story from a fan perspective but there is nothing feel good about the national football league at all this is business and you can believe that Pete carroll chose him because he was the best player on the board at that time for the seattle seahawks they don't sure. care. Sure. <laughs> they don't. He and his brother yeah. could have all kind of commitments to one another. They don't care. When it comes time to make a decision as to who's going to make the team, who doesn't make the team, it could be your mama or your daddy, and 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 he would be gone. 
so uh, this this is a, a true testament to the commitment that they have for the love and affection for each other and to, to support one another. And uh, what's so amazing too is they both ran four three eights. I'm I'm looking at right. one's a linebacker, one's a corner, and I'm like, oh my god, you know, four at four three eight. Now I, I I want everybody to understand that's four point three eight seconds that he ran the four. Yes. They both ran the forty in. You got a corner yeah. and a linebacker, both run the four three eights. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, that, 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 that's a, that's that's amazing, man. That 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 is amazing. And uh, the young man could play football. But I, I just hope and pray that he makes the team, and not just makes the team, but he makes an impact on the team. Right. You know, so um, that'll be another blessing he could share with everybody else. Because I, I think I saw the young lady who also I don't know if she went to UCF too, uh, but she was handicapped. I don't know if she was a cheerleader, but uh, I think she was a cheerleader. And and they showed a picture of her on uh, social media as well. We're gonna take a break, and uh, we're gonna come back. We'll talk a little bit more about the draft, but we'll also talk about a few other things. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like a matter. We'll take a break and be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. This is the Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice American Network. Got my man Willie Gibson with me from the OHIO. And, of course, we're talking about some feel-good stories from the National Football League. And, and there's a little bit, there's a couple other things about the National Football League and, and, and a feel-good story. And, um, you know, with, with society today, everything that's going on with shootings and mass shootings and, and schools and movie theaters, there was one that went on in, uh, I believe it was... Uh, Colorado, and there was a young man that, that survived that shooting, uh, went on to Colorado State. Zach Goldich was his name, and he was uh, a gentleman that got, he actually got shot in the movie theater, got shot in the neck, 
as a senior in high school, finished, uh, might have been a junior, finished his senior year. As a matter of fact, I saw a piece on television where he actually, the day after he got shot, they had a weightlifting session for the team the next day. He went to the weightlifting session the next day. And his, wow. his words were, and I quote, um, I can make it, so why not go? So, you know, he felt like, okay, I, I'm, I'm, I can get up, I can walk, I can go there, so why not go? We, I called Coach. Coach said, we got a session going on. So he went. Uh, young man truly, you know, wanted to play, wanted the opportunity to play pro football. Uh, it's interesting to me when I hear some of the dialogue between agents and teams and teams talking about talk, how they talk about people, particularly the lower you go in the rounds. And they talk about they really had their eye on you and they really wanted you and everything. I'm like, OK, well, man, why, why not get me earlier if you really wanted me? And, you know, and you know, here I am now. I'm still here. And, and you're talking about but you you use all these choices before me. So maybe you didn't want me that bad. But anyway, he's going to get a chance to try out for the San Diego Chargers. I'm sure. All the national news will keep an eye out on this young man. His story will continue to be told. Uh, his is probably um, just as much as a feel-good story as this other one is. Uh, I'm sure Zach will probably play not only for himself and his family, but he'll probably play for some of those people who lost their lives that day uh, in that theater. Uh, but Zach Goldich, I think he's an offensive tackle. Uh, big fella. And uh, I, I was just truly, I was brought to tears when I was watching that piece. Did you did you get a chance to see that piece on television? Oh, I'm sure you heard the story about Willie. Actually, to be honest with you, Ray, I didn't. You actually made me aware of the story. Okay. I hadn't heard about it until yeah. you and I spoke. Yeah. And then I got a chance to read it, and, and you're right. I mean, how can you not uh, have anything but but compassion and admiration for this young man? I mean, he's I mean, he goes to he's a 17 year old kid goes to the movies. Gets a straight bullet, hits him in the neck, and six years later, he's now fulfilling his dream of playing in the National Football League. Yeah, and as and as I said, you know, he's made it. That's one thing I want everybody. I think sometimes people don't understand this is the fact that, you know, there are various phases to becoming a full time member of an NFL team, but once you and the draft, once they call your name, you are you're, you're on that team. When somebody asks you, what do you do? You know, you, you play for the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, until they release you, you are a, a part of that organization. And so this man who is young man who's going to sign as a free agent. Still, the only difference in him and the other guy is he the other guy was drafted and, and he signed as a free agent. There's some other people that beyond their rookie year, they come to the team as a free agent. But still, there's a process of negotiating a contract and signing with that team and Free agents are treated no different than drafted players. Everybody gets in that locker room and, and everybody's got to perform. You you know, you got to play to stay as you, you're going to be going home. So it, they're not going to make it easy on Zach. Um, everybody's going to love his feel-good story. And everybody's going to want to take a look at his neck, man. Let me, man, I know I would walk right up to him. Man, let me see that. Wow, bro, how'd you do that, you know? It's wow. just it's just God. That that bullet could have very easily paralyzed him. I'm sure I don't know how far it was from his spine, but could have very easily paralyzed him. I don't know, you know, if the bullet went straight through or whatever, but still that's you know, the, for those who don't believe there's a God and, and, and miracles, whoo, uh that certainly is one right there. But uh another great feel good story. Uh a young man get a chance to live out a dream. 
Um, I, I just I hope he makes the team. I hope he's good enough to make the team, and I hope he has a lot of success because that that that's a uh, certainly a story where you, you know just just don't give up. Because because you you could imagine Willie being an offensive lineman when he comes off the line, that that's that's head to head contact. And play. So so just you know every time he comes off the line, him and another lineman, defense lineman, defensive tackle, guard, whatever it is. That's head-to-head contact, and I'm just thinking I I'm, I could feel the pain now. I'm thinking, ooh, that's instant pain right there, uh, being shot in the neck. But but uh, again, we'll see what happens with this young man right here. But uh, speaking of this young man getting one day, one chance to play with somebody else out there, Tom Brady is in the news. <laughs> Tom Brady is uh, in the news because Tom Brady has taken the fifth. Right. <laughs> as it pertains to appreciation of, of, of the coaches and the organization to what he's contributed uh, to the team. Mm-hmm. Um, well, how, well, how, how he's appreciated. Yeah, appreciated. And, uh, and what, what do you think about that, man? I mean, I think, you know, it's like he said, anybody, most times if you work for anybody, you feel underappreciated. There comes a point in time where everybody feels like, man, they they just really don't appreciate what I do. I work so I'm I work so hard. I'm here day in day out, you know, doing this, doing that, do more than what I'm supposed to do, way beyond my job description, and they they really don't appreciate me, you know. Uh, so I I I I know as a ball player, you know, I felt that way. Uh, it comes a time we all feel that way, but I, but I think in this case with Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady's been around, and I and I heard somebody say something. It's his former center said something about Tom changing, and the changes in Tom. One of them he attributed directly to his age, and whereas he may be the person who sets the tone, and he may be the person that you know everybody looks to. Tom is not a. Dude who went to school and came out at 20 or 21 or 22. Tom is 42 years old. I mean, for Tom is 40 years old. He's got a wife and three kids. And he, he may be older than his, than his direct boss. You know, I, I, I'm not sure, but he may be. And, and certainly Tom's old enough to be, you know, the father of some of those guys on the team, there's some people out there who've had children at 15, 16 years old. Uh, and, and certainly so the way he's addressed and the way Bill Belichick may address you, you've been in them locker rooms before Willie, you've been on those fields, you've been at those practices, you've been at those games. You've heard the manner of which coaches speak to men. Yes. Tom is a 40 year old ass man. Tom might be like, man, don't talk to me like that. Exactly. <laughs> you know, whereas at 25, it might be good. It might We good. It's good, bro. No problem. But at 40, sometimes when age kicks in, you lose control. You, you know, it just happens. You, you don't even think about it anymore, whereas now you might have been politically correct. Tom might have been, man, I, I, I talk to my kids like that. I'm not, you're not going to sit up and talk to me like that in front of yeah. these dudes. So um, what do you think? You think they appreciate him, what he's done there in New England? Um, I think they do. I think from Tom's perspective, and we we talked about it, and we saw it, actually, going back to uh, Minneapolis at the Super Bowl, Malcolm Butler, 
how he didn't play. He played one play of special teams in the fourth quarter. That man started every game that year, played 98% of the defensive snaps. But I think that did something to that team, to Tom Brady. And I think the, the mystique and the aura of Belichick took a hit. Because ever since then, notice before, you never heard anything come out of New England. Injuries, commotion, internal issues, nothing. You heard nothing come out of New England. Now, and it shows you the love that they have for each other and the love they have for Malcolm Butler, because ever since that moment, all these things are now starting to come out of New England. Latest Tom Brady doesn't feel appreciated, or he pleads the fifth. I'm not gonna say he didn't say he was didn't feel appreciated. He pleaded the fifth when asked if he felt appreciated. And it's a little Gronk preparing to retire. I don't want to be here anymore. He's out snowboarding. Never saw any of that stuff in New England before. So I think they're starting to get a little fed up and a little tired of uh, Coach Belichick and, and his uh, iron fist, if you will. You know, it's interesting you say this because, of course, we, did, we, did, we didn't talk about this, so this is not probably you shooting straight from the hip, and I'm going to respond straight from the hip. You know, I, I want to say it goes back a little bit further than that, and, and I think it goes back, I, I think I, I was reading something in the fact that Josh McDaniels left because mm-hmm. when Josh left to go become the head coach of Denver, I'm sure Josh felt that he had put the work in enough and even thought that perhaps maybe some may have thought that like Belichick feels that, you know, it's better to let him go, you know, a year too early than let them stay a year too late. Maybe right. some of the players might have felt it might have been coach's time. It might have been time to let him go a year early than a year late. And, and Josh might have thought that it might have been his time to, you know, to step into that place. That didn't happen at that time. So Josh went out, tested the waters, you know, and of course he came back. But let, let's talk about Malcolm Butler because, again, this is what, coach feels so and this is the way coach treats his players and and one thing that new england patriots fans and certainly the players and we talk about this in the league about in, throughout the league anyway it happens to just about every great player there is very few of them got a chance to you know leave the great game the way they should have right. you know with the exception of peyton manning peyton probably nothing compares to what he did you know, he wasn't the quarterback that he was, but he left with a Super Bowl championship. Uh, Jerome Bettis. You know, at home. Jer- at Jerome home. Bettis. Yeah, Jerome didn't have his, you know, best game, you know. Uh, but, again, he went out on top. I will say this. I think in terms of some of the greatest plays ever and the people that will forever be favorite, the favorite children of the New England, you know, area, Malcolm Butler, you know, he's a part of their route, their, their Mount Rushmore with that play that he made in, against the Seattle Seahawks. Right. Malcolm made that interception on the goal line. And they never will forget that. And then, you know, Tom Brady, like you said, knowing how much Mal- how hard Malcolm worked and, and how successful the team had been with him and, and that he is going to have, you know, a part of that Mount Rushmore up there in New England and to see the way he was treated. And and Tom, now you got to think about it. that affected Tom's legacy. I, I I think the Eagles would have won anyway. Of course, that's me, the Homer in me. Sure. Um, but I'm gonna say the Eagles would have won anyway. But Tom is thinking, you know, maybe you never know. He threw Tom threw for 500 some yards. If he'd had some help on the other side of the ball, maybe Malcolm could have made a play or two for him. Right. 
you know, instead of at the end of them having to, you know, score a touchdown, maybe they might have been, you know, playing defense. And the Eagles might have been in the position they had to score or something. But uh, right. certainly uh, I think, yeah, that, that's, but that comes also with age. When you, when you reach 40, it's like, what the hell, man? I, you know, I'm 40 years old. Now I'm just going to say what I want to say. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to spend some time with my family in the offseason. If this is indeed voluntary mm-hmm. workouts, then I, right. I, I, I choose not to volunteer to work out. Now, the majority of time, everybody is one of those, we call them voluntary mandatory, mandatory voluntary camps, you know, off-season workout. But, you know, but everybody, you know, they show up. It's voluntary, but everybody shows up. Really? You know, or it's, you know, it's, it's team first. Really? Come on, man. The wife put something on the calendar. I, I, you know, it's time for me to, you know, the, the wife has already said to a couple years, I think it was last year, year before, she yeah. she wanted her husband at home. So, you know, Tom is looking, you know, he says he wants to play into his 40s, but he wants to play into his 40s again. That's something he said. How many NFL teams, owners, coaches have had a 40-year-old quarterback, 40-plus-year-old quarterback starting for them, hoping that they can win the Super Bowl with them? Ah, I don't know. We all want to play to 40 and beyond. But that's on t- those are Tom's terms. That's not necessarily doing the Patriots unless they sign the contract that long and they choose to keep him as the starting quarterback. But already that 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 <laughs> the fact that the agent put it out there that hey Tom, they were definitely looking they are, they had your replacement and Garoppolo was gone, but they were looking for your successor again. So, and they still took a quarterback in the seventh round. Now, in the seventh round, it sounds like not a a good place to take a quarterback. But Danny Etley from LSU is not a bad quarterback. Man, so. <laughs> we uh, let me let me remind you, and I'm sure you already know this. Tom mm-hmm. was a seventh round pick. Six, six, six round pick. Yeah, six round yeah. pick. Six six yeah. round pick. So. Uh, Tom, understand? Tom, Tom, know what happened? You know, you can pick somebody dead last. It could be Mister Irrelevant, and can become very relevant in the National Football League. We got to take a break. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like a manager. We'll be right back after these messages. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. 
Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You hear the music, you know the show. He's just a real sports on the Voice America Network. I mean, Phoenix living like it matters. What matters to me, instant millionaires. At least 32 of them instant millionaires from the NFL draft last weekend. I'm happy for those young men. I'm happy for their families. They got a, they're going to have a financial payoff for all the work that they put in. And hopefully they will all have... Uh, long and successful careers, healthy careers uh, in the National Football League. And it's not just the first-round draft picks. It's certainly into the second, third, fourth, you know, maybe even fifth. Well, probably every one of them that's drafted. For a simple reason, uh, at least last year, I think the minimum salary of, of any player in the National Football League team was about $450,000. So you can believe that these young men that were drafted will be making in excess of that for a couple of years. So I'm happy for them all. Uh, I got a, a financial payoff, and uh, we were talking earlier about Tom Brady, and I, I got it mixed up uh, about him uh, being drafted and what round he was drafted in. And that's something, listen, I take pride in my number. I'm number 331. I don't want nobody messing up my number, and I think, uh, Will, are you correcting me? Tom is number 199? Yes. 199. <laughs> yeah, you own those numbers, man. I, I, I'm 331. That's me. I'm happy I got a number, <laughs> you know, so uh, – <laughs> But uh, speaking of uh, Tom Brady, who we, we've already claimed him to be a senior citizen in the National Football League uh, on the big boy show, Max called him a, a he was going to be a bum. That's what Max projected he was going to be. But then Max took it back because Max said he doesn't like to call players names. Well, I certainly appreciate that, you know, uh, with his vocabulary, his level of intelligence. I'm sure he could find some other way to describe another adjective he could use to describe that person in, in, in a more humane way than to call him a bum. Now, his 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 production may deplete itself and he may not be on top of his game. Max thinks he's going to fall off a cliff. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen, but I think his. His production will diminish. You know, I, I always I, I'm big on position production. Uh, it's, it's a term that I came up with myself. I didn't I never heard it throughout my years of play. Uh, they never really talked about it. But I always expected it when I'm in the, when I was in the secondary. I always expected. Listen, I come in. I got all I'm, I'm starting at, at, at my sophomore year at Ohio State. I got a corner back over on the other side. All American corner. Mike guess. You know, they holding it down. Mike holding it down over there. Mike and All-American. I'm stepping in as a sophomore starting. <clears throat> so Mike is like, okay, looking at me like, hey, okay now. <laughs> I got this over here now. They come over there. You got to have that. Yeah, We don't want it to be such that, you know, that you, you become the Achilles heel and, you know, everybody got to worry about if you're going to get it done or not. And, and I earned the respect of Mike. Because I was like, no, man, it's going to be like just like they're coming at you, bro. That's the way I'm going to hold it down like this. 
So he was producing, I was producing. So at every position, that's what you need. Everybody produce. If they come your way, you got to handle your business. And Tom has been handling his business for years. Just put a 500-something yards in a Super Bowl. And yet there's still some that believe his talent level is going to just like whoosh, drop quickly. And I, I believe this. I, I believe that that happens at times because of the mere fact, particularly in football, football different than basketball and baseball. Basketball and baseball, they play like four or five times as many games as football. But the damage to your body, you do four or five times as much damage to your body in one game as they may do. You know, 15, it may take them 15 games to do the damage to their body that you do in one of your games. Mm. And, and so because of that, your years <clears throat> of production, you know, although baseball players don't play 20 and 30 years either, you know, everybody right. is just, it's just like athletically, athletics is something the body wasn't really made to do anyway. So uh, it's not expected to really perform for that many years. But football players really it's not expected. Uh, I think the, I don't think the average career has is jumped beyond the three and a half years. I think the average is still probably three and a half, maybe four. It may be four, maybe less, because some guys may even be leaving the game. But uh, talking about somebody else who's a, getting up there a little bit of age and uh, his production, just like Tom Brady's, continued to improve as he got older is LeBron, but for the first time in a long time, and I wanted to make sure you and I talked about this, I heard my man say, man, I'm exhausted. I, I just want to go home. Mm. After game seven, LeBron yeah. admitted, acknowledged the fact that he was, he was tired. Right. So do, do, do you think that that will show up in this series? Do you think this series will tire him out to the point that perhaps maybe with the Raptors, he, you know, it may be, you know, another hard-fought Sears game, you know, may go to seven, and Brian may have to, you know, work as hard as he's ever worked again to get out of this series. Absolutely not. I think, well, first of all, I'll call it either uh, Cavs in five or six against the Raptors. And and for the simple reason that it's, it's matchups. And you know this, uh, being in athletics as long as you have been, uh it's all about matchups. And Indiana flat out was just a bad matchup for the Cavs. They had young bigs that liked to run, like to shoot, fast break, run you out the gym all day, every day. And Cleveland is not built for that. So it took them a little longer to to uh, get the Pacers out of the out out of here. So now with Toronto, a couple things. One, Toronto is a more of a traditional half-court style offense, so the matchups are a lot better for Cleveland. And then, two, I think they have mind control over Toronto because the last two years, Cleveland has knocked Toronto out of the playoffs. Two years ago, it was a sweep, 4-0. Last year, it was 4-2. Toronto hasn't won in Cleveland in the last four years. So it's something about when, when, when the Raptors see the Cavs, or come to Cleveland, it's 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 all bets are off. So for that reason alone, and for you know, lo and behold, uh, of course we're talking about they have the best player in the world, LeBron James. So I, I don't I don't think I think that Sunday th- that may have taken a lot out of him. Absolutely, and, and post game he was a little drained, a little tired. 
a little fatigued, but I'm quite sure between Sunday night and and the time the 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 plane left for uh, Toronto yesterday afternoon, uh, I think he recovered and he's good to go for tonight. Well, I, I certainly hope that's the case. Um, you know, I, I would like to think that you know, even though it took them seven games, I I really think that the Cavaliers, you know, can play. I think if they need to play, if they have to play, and I'm never, I would never see, say the Cavs are a running team because I think they have the talent to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they, you know, I think they got length. I think they got athleticism. Um, I don't think the Cavs, you know, I think the Cavs can can play running gun ball with anybody. My worry a lot of times is the Cavs tend to be inconsistent with their shooting. Mm-hmm. Although for a while there, they were, was it last year they were doing the record three-point shots mm-hmm. uh, in terms they of were. making them? That was last year, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. This year's not been the same. Of course, Kyrie's gone. Of course, JR's not. Kevin Love, you know, both of them, you know, the, that, that production from those three players, of course, Kyrie's gone. Uh, but it's not there, you know. And uh, one thing that Kevin did, that Kevin hit a couple big three-point shots the other night. Uh that was good. And then uh, somebody showed up that we hadn't seen in a, in a while, Christian. Uh, okay, so, you know, the, out here uh, on the West, you know, there's a little talk about Christian's off-the-field, you know, situation, off-the-court mm-hmm. situation that may be affecting Ty Lue's confidence in him. Uh, give us a little perspective from back there. Is is it all basketball or are you, are you hearing some some rumors or some other stuff with, with Christian and uh, you know, the way perhaps maybe what's contributed to his lack of production. No, that, that's true. Um, I think he lost the, the team, lost uh, the, the team, lost a little bit of confidence in him because at this time of year, and first of all, the season total period, but this time of year is you got to be focused. You got to be locked in and to have something like that infiltrate the team. It's no longer about basketball at that point. It's all about TMZ and, Where's Tristan? Who went to the club with Tristan? And who was at the club? Who who was that girl with Tristan? And they're not asking you about Miles Turner or Victor Oladipo. So you got to deal with all that off the court stuff. So absolutely, uh, I believe it affected the, the team somewhat. But you saw when it was Game Seven, he went to the championship experience of of Tristan Thompson, and, and to his credit, he stayed ready. And he came out and, and and what bought out fifteen and ten yeah in game seven yeah and 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 see that's the thing about it is you know I believe that, that I believe that production is necessary it's the playoffs now so it's not it's, it's no reason to hold back we need that consistently every night every night we need that from you this is the time where you know there are we don't need to take breaks now you know we. We took a break all season long in preparation. We were getting ready for this time. This is the time now. And and I, I, I used to like, you know, a couple of years when the Cavs were calling, uh, closing teams out and they, they, were, they were resting. They were at home resting because they were sweeping teams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and I think Bron needs some rest. So, you know, I, I just, I just want to see the players play better. Uh, I think uh, they can play better. Um, Brian talked about not throwing his teammates under the bus. He hasn't, he, you know, he hasn't done that. Uh, but certainly he's played in such a way where he hasn't necessarily relied on them. He, he, you know, he's played in such a way where, okay, you know what, I, I don't want this thing to get down to the point where, 
you know, even with six points, you know, six points with about three minutes left in the game in game seven and six points up, uh, there was still everybody was still a little worried. This is how the uh, uh, how dominant LeBron James was in the Indiana series. He had three 40 point games, but for the entire seven game series, no other Cleveland Cavalier scored at least 20 points. And again, that's, uh, you know, I'm hoping that changes. Again, there's so much thread on the tire. We got to take a break, and uh, we'll be back for our last session. Looking to listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with my man Willie Gibson out of the OHIO. I'm going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show, you listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me? Instant millionaires. That's what happened this past weekend. At least 32, probably, I'm going to say probably as many as uh, hundreds of young men uh, became uh, instant millionaires. As a matter of fact, what do we got? Seven rounds, 30 teams. So maybe about 200-some guys became instant millionaires. Uh, but certainly I'm happy for them, happy for their families. Their lives have been changed uh, all because of the dedication that they've shown toward a sport that they love and the support of their family and their friends and their communities. Everybody should celebrate. When a young man gets drafted, it's not just for him and his family. It's his city. It's his community. It's his college, his university. Everybody should celebrate. Everybody contributed to that. Yeah, he did the majority of the work, but um, certainly it should be celebrated and appreciated by everybody um we're talking about hard work and dedication we we can't see a greater example of it than lebron james and i I keep saying that uh probably i I mean i've always been a lebron james fan from day one and and the man has uh again for those people that spend the money for the ticket uh, you you can't ask for for more than what he gives you, and and to be uh, in the audience 
when he's at home in particular and, and, and he's performing at a level of which is necessary in order to carry his, back, his team on his back, nothing like it to experience. It, it's one of those experiences. It's a lifetime experience that you will remember for a lifetime. Uh, my man Willie Gibson with me, of course. Willie, you, you were in the house when he uh, made the game-winning shot in game six, was it? Game five. Game, game five. five, yeah. Yeah, you mm-hmm. were there to see that. And, uh, and, of course, the place exploded after that three-point shot. And uh, I just hope that, that, that we don't need any more of those unless it's in the, <laughs> unless it's in the, uh, the championship series. But uh, certainly we're getting everything we can uh, uh, out of LeBron. And when we were off the air – uh, we were talking about a, a couple scenarios that that could have uh, could have helped LeBron. Uh, certainly, uh, one of them you brought to my attention. I, I did not know, but there was a slight chance, opportunity there for them to have Jamil Crawford on the roster, mm-hmm. and they weren't able to work that out. Uh, one of my favorite players. Mm-hmm. Uh, Want to talk about that a little bit? What happened? What, what, what happened? They were not able to pull that deal off. Right. Jamal Crawford was in, in discussions with the Cavs as, as well as Jeff Green, who they end up signing. But the, the issue with Cleveland is their cap situation. I mean, they are so far over the cap that they are, I mean, a lot of technical terms. They're a, a triple ta- a triple taxpayer. And then I won't go into what that means, but just they, they, they've been over the cap for so long that for every dollar that they spend in salary, they have to pay four dollars in tax. And, and it just didn't make uh, sense to do anything other than a one-year deal. And so Jeff Green signed a, a one-year deal, and Jamal Crawford wanted three years. And uh, there was a lot of discussion involved. Coach Lou talked to Jamal. Uh, uh, LeBron uh, talked to Jamal. But uh, ultimately, he took the, the security of a three-year deal in Minnesota. And Jeff Green was comfortable signing the one-year deal. And now Jeff Green plays in the second round of the playoffs tonight. And uh, Jamal Crawford went fishing last month, as or uh, last week rather, as uh, uh, Minnesota got put out in the first round. Yeah, and you know, uh, if I were Jamal, yeah, I'm sure he did what was best for his family, and I, and that's what I believe in nowadays. Telling players to do what's what's best for their families, and most of the time, that's a financial decision. Uh, you all want a championship ring, and and I understand that. Uh, but you know, sometimes we're talking tens of millions of dollars and hundreds of millions of dollars. That uh, certainly when you look back upon it, you know, being a Monday morning quarterback or just somebody who just uh, just, you know, reminiscing and thinking about what I might have done differently. I never want to be one of those people to tell somebody leave tens of millions of dollars on the table. No, don't do that. Uh, You enjoy basketball for as long as you can, uh, but you've got, you know, many more years to live and uh, take care of your family and. Hopefully you can go to another team and and get better, but I don't know if that's going to happen for uh, Jamal. Uh, one of my, as I said, one of my favorite players. I like every part of his game. Oh my goodness, I like every part of his game. I would have loved him to be a Cavalier. Certainly would have got more production out of him than what we're getting out of Green. Talk to me a little bit about Green. What, what do you feel about the production that we've gotten thus far in the playoffs from him? Uh, a, a lot, a lot needs to uh, is left. To uh, be desired, so he definitely needs to, to step up, and, and that's with everyone, though. I mean, we talked about it. You know, Jr. Jr. Smith needs to step up. Uh, Kevin Love needs to step up. But uh, you know, Jeff Green, absolutely, uh, I'm more. And I think again, with this this uh, matchup against Toronto, is, is going to allow a lot of players to to really uh, 
return to form, if you will, because Indiana, Indiana, that team is coming. And I almost want to say they're here. I can't even say they're coming anymore. They're here. And uh, that, I mean, they took, they gave Cleveland everything they wanted. But again, LeBron James, I'm still convinced. I've said this for years, and I'm I'm absolutely convinced of that, that uh, no one in the East can beat LeBron four out of seven. No one. No one. So, I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. Although, again, uh, earlier on another show, you, they were talking about you know the future uh, and what it looks like, and, and who's going to be you know in control of the East uh, in the next you know five to ten years. And and the Cavaliers were not in the conversation. It could be because perhaps maybe they don't know if LeBron James is going to be with the Cavaliers, the Cavaliers for the next five to ten years. Uh, well, that's something well, certainly not addressed. Yeah, certainly not. I want to go back to something real quick. I, I know I said three years for Jamal Crawford. He actually signed a two-year, $8.8 million deal with uh, Minnesota. So a two-year deal, 8.8, versus a one-year deal, 2.3. So I just want to make sure I corrected that. But as far as, uh, you know, dominance in the East, upcoming, you know, Indiana, Philadelphia, Boston, that game last night, you know, that those two young teams are, are definitely uh, coming as well. But, I mean, until I see it, I, I really don't believe anybody's going to beat LeBron four out of seven. Well, I'm, uh, I'm wishing, hoping, praying uh, that that uh, doesn't happen because, uh, again, I, I would love to see him um, you know, close it out. And, and I'm going to say I don't know how comfortable I am in saying that LeBron will resign and be back in Cleveland next year. I, I think there's a chance, and I, I'm going to say Philadelphia. He could end up in Philadelphia. I, I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> if he does move someplace, uh, I want him to leave Cleveland with a championship trophy. And I believe that – uh, the Cavaliers can win the championship this year. Um, Golden State, you know, over in the West, of course, they're playing. Steph's coming back tonight. Steph's got a knee injury, man. I'm just going to say this, you know, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be so confident that he's going to return to be the same Steph Curry that he is in the playoffs because, mm-hmm. um, again, he's had some time to to do some rehab, you know, to get some treatment on it, but confidence from a knee injury, period. It's just one of those. It's one of the parts of your body that you know. If it's you know, if it's your you know your trunk around your trunk, if it's something around your chest or your stomach or something like that, you're okay. But when it's your wheels, meaning your knee or your ankle, you do not have the kind of confidence, particularly when you're jumping up in the air and coming down and making the kind of moves that Steph normally makes. So. I don't know about that. But anyway, we're, we're going to uh, wish him the best. I hope he's healthy. Uh, go Cavs tonight. And uh, I want you all out there to go and enjoy yourself. Uh, Willie, uh, see you next week. You've been listening to Rally right, Sports sir. on the Voice America Network. Uh, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.